0: Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska Podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. If you're all there, say, Woohoo! <laughs> then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. Say that with me. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them. Say that. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. All right, go to chapter two of the same book of Genesis, chapter two. Genesis chapter 2, find the seventh verse, and we'll read 10 verses here, and then we'll pray and preach to you. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, there was a tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed through Eden. From there, it separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah where there's gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. Verse 13, the name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. and runs along the east side of Asher, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took man, put him in the garden to work it. Everybody say work it. Yeah. To work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Move in power. Amen. You may be seated. What a powerful verse of scripture and what a powerful series. I think this is, if I, if I remember correctly, my records show rightly. I believe this is the third time I'm preaching a series from the first 11 chapters in the book of Genesis as the pastor of the church here these past 17 years. You said, why would you do that? The first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis are the foundation to your entire faith. If you don't understand the first 11 chapters of Genesis, then your doctrine will end up skewed. And we see even today in our culture, not only skewed doctrine, but we see doctrines of devils and demons and and all kinds of problems, even being preached from pulpits across the land. Last week, I preached on creation, the creator, that God created the heavens and the earth. If you didn't get that, you wanna go back and listen to it and avail yourself of that, because that's the first in the series, and it's important that you understand that God created the heavens and the earth. There is a lot of uh, rigmarole and uh, scientific bamboozling that takes place to try to convince people. Before I say this, watch what turns in you when I say what I say, because many have been taught incorrectly and think differently according to Scripture. they take this first part of Genesis to be like, Yeah, yeah, no, Jesus is my Savior, but yeah, he didn't make the earth in six days. He did. So there is Darwinism and the scientific bamboozling that's weaseled its way into the church to take these texts in Genesis chapter one to make them palatable according to their scientific discoveries. Now, I wanna tell you that Christians have strong science and it doesn't contradict science. What science is trying to do is trying to contradict scripture to come up with some uh, theory, the theory of evolution. It's a theory to try to make up for misunderstandings or that which is plausible in their own mind. There is no fossil record to indicate that the world is millions of years old. I have a graphic that I'm working on. Perhaps we'll have that for you next week to show you the age of the church according to Scripture. And it, and it, it can be proven. And it can't be disproven, although you'll have many that'll say otherwise. Now, the earth is 6,000 years old. And there's, there's evidence of that. Now, there's some things that we don't understand. But there's many things that we do. And any scientist that heads out to prove the creation was a lie, most of them, if they're intellectually integrous, come away believing there's intelligent design. I want you to say there's intelligent design. Look at, look, look at you. <laughs> look, at, look at me. Look at your hands right now. Who are you? Let me ask you that question. Who, who are you this morning? Who are you? He said, well, my name's name Daniel Bracken. Okay, that's your name. That's my name. But I'm more than just my name. The psalmist said, what is man that thou art mindful of and the son of man that you would care for him? You set him a little bit below the angels, yet you've crowned him with glory and honor and you've given him dominion over the works of your hands. Powerful. This text answers tremendous questions about who we are. Some would say that mankind is basically nothing, that he rose out of the primordial slime and he's a complex uh, organism, a series of reactions happening and that that's man, he's really nothing. Others would say that you evolved, you're the ultimate evolution evolving from primates. Try to prove it you can't prove it because there is no fossil record. It's too big a jump. You're a chance accident in a chance universe. It's, it's like the, it's the, um, the princess that kisses a frog. Poof, prince. No, that's, that's not it. Eastern mysticism says that life is an illusion. No, none of those things answer questions like this. Let's just do this little test. Take your $1,000 device and open your camera. Go ahead, open your camera. Many of you know what a selfie is. Take your camera and go ahead and do a selfie. Ready? One, two. Woo! All right, take a selfie of yourself. Go ahead, go ahead. Come on, It's it's an experiment. Go ahead, go ahead, take a selfie. You do it a lot, many of you. Maybe too much. Okay, open. Some of you guys think I'm kidding. Did you, are you like, I don't have a camera. Okay, fine. But watch this. Open up the picture you just took. Ready? Raise your hand if it's open. Raise your hand. All right. Go ahead. Look at the picture. What's the first thing you look at? You. You. Lit, hence the word selfie. Why? Why, why did you look at you? How many of you looked in the mirror this morning? not nearly enough of you. Amen. No, we, we look in, why do we look in mirrors? Why do we do that? We look in mirrors, just make sure, you know, I don't have any, you know, lettuce in my teeth to make sure. Do you understand what I'm saying? You look because you want to make sure that y'all look good. Who dressed you today? Did you pick your own clothes? Okay, why'd you pick it? Did you, why, why'd you buy that hoodie? Why'd you, why'd you buy that shirt? Why'd you buy that, why'd you buy that jacket? Beautiful flower in your hair. Why is the flower in your hair? Because I like it. I think it's pretty. Uh, I, I, I like it. I, I liked, I, I, I'm wearing brown today. Somebody just gave me this shirt. It's a beautiful coat. I, I really like it. It's why I'm wearing it. Why? Because you think, I think, we think in terms of beauty, Nothing in all of creation thinks in terms of beauty but you, human beings, made in the image of the This series is to place now another block for you, a foundation stone. 86 footers through this whole building, lots of concrete and steel made for a 9.0, may we never have one, and everyone said, Amen. If you don't have these blocks in place, then you, you will fall prey to a lie. I have a little bit of a ring in my monitors, it's, if you could help me with that. Look at your notes now. Man is special in God's sight. Man is what? Special. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, you special. Yeah, so bump your other there and say, You really special. All right. We are special. God created us. And if you look in your notes now, he said, instead of instead of saying, let there be, like he said, let there be light, and there's light, that's not what he does. Well, what does he do? He says, not let there be, he says, let us make. Now, some say that the us is talking about a plurality in the in the Godhead. There is a three-in-one God. I was arguing with somebody, a Jehovah's Witness, about a Trinitarian view, the Trinity. The Trinity is not in the Scripture. You won't find the word Trinity in Scripture, and they like to camp out on that. It doesn't mean anything to me. It was a term that was coined by Tortillion in the early 100, 150, 200. I need to go look, but it's the three-in-one God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If anyone attacks the Godhead, destroys the Godhead, that becomes a Christian cult. So Jesus is God. Would you say that? Jesus is God. And if you don't know about that, there's foundation classes, and that's foundational to your faith also. So in, in, in looking at this, it says, let us make man in our image. There's a couple arguments here about what that could be. It certainly could be God talking in the Trinity about making man. But it could also be God talking about uh, to a council. There's a council in heaven. There's angels in heaven. So it's, it's a bit of a mystery there. Let us make man in our image. Let him have verse 26, have dominion. Wow. And so God took time, moving on in the notes now, God took time to form man out of the dust and to breathe into him the breath of life. To do what? To breathe into him the breath of life. I can't hear you. To do what? To breathe into him the breath of life. This is awesome. There's two Hebrew words here. The first one is nefesh. How many of you have a dog? Okay, your dog is alive, correct? Your dog has spirit, but it's not like we have. It's nefesh. It's different. There's instincts. It's alive. It's a living thing. The dog's a living thing. Cats are also living things. Amen. Animals, moose, fox, coyote, fish, they're living things. They have, they have life in them, but they don't have the life that you have. So when it says here, That he breathed four man out of the dust and breathed into him the breath of life. Breathe is nefesh. The next word, breath of life, is neshama. Everybody say neshama. That's different. That neshama is, is literally this life force. It's, it's literally the that which is of God. It's the breath of God. It's very different. Your dog and your cat doesn't have the breath of God. You, me, we have the breath of God in us. Very different. You were the only thing in all of creation that's made in his image. There's nothing like you. Come on, say there ain't nothing like me. Come on, tell your, tell your neighbor, say there ain't nothing like you. Go ahead and tell them. So man is made in God's image and likeness, verse 26 and 27. A favorite author of mine, Michael Heiser, who just passed away, a tremendous scholar. He wrote a book called The Image of God. Here's what he says. He says, the phrase image of God or likeness of God, the phrase is found several times in the book of Genesis. It's Genesis one, Genesis five, Genesis nine, And it distinguishes mankind from the animal and plant kingdoms. It elevates humankind above all terrestrial created things so as to exercise benevolent ethical stewardship over creation. The image of God language is found in the New Testament also. See, whales are not made in the image of God. Turtles are not made in the image of God. Porpoises, they're awesome. They're not made in the image of God. Chimpanzees, are not made in the image of the There's only one thing in all of creation that's made in the image of God, and you know it is? You, me, mankind, male and female, he created them in God's image. I mean, that's intense. You're unique, unique from all other forms of life. And there's some thoughts here. Uh, one of the reasons we're made in God's image is so that we can relate to God. You think in terms of right or wrong, nothing else thinks in terms of right or wrong. You think, that's not fair. Hey, that's not fair. I promise you, the cat doesn't say that, neither does the dog. They don't think in terms of fair. We think in terms of fair or justice. Why? Because you're made in the image of God. So why is that important? Well, if you came from an ape, then it's easier to kill babies, isn't it? Smile at me. If you were a complex series of millions of years of evolution, it doesn't nearly mean as much as if you were made in the image of God. And if you don't get this right, all of your identity and and theology will be messed up. And what most Christians do, it's, I did it early on. I'm like, God, I don't understand all that Genesis stuff. Like, how's that even possible? I don't know, but Jesus is my Savior. I'm gonna believe that, amen. Well, that's great, except you if you, if you don't get this right, how, how are we supposed to expect people to believe that Jesus is their Savior when we fiddle-fud around and try to come up with some shenanigans that doesn't make sense, and then believe Him? In six days, he made the earth. And listen, you can prove it. Creation, science, museum, there's all kinds of tremendous articles and scholars and people that know 10 times as much as I do. You wanna get into about creation and intelligent design and how God created it? You can, really, you can really do that. And it's a powerful way of building your faith. We're God's representatives, back in your notes, to enforce his dominion on the earth. We are sacred. Everybody say we're sacred wow, isn't that amazing? I wanna say this, there's no hint that humanity grows into the image of God. You are made in the image from, right from conception. Boom. He doesn't give it to you gradually. You, you are made in God's image. Even if you're a mean cuss, you're still made in God's image, but you're acting mean. And one of the reasons is to relate to God. All right, we're representatives to enforce his dominion. We're sacred. Everybody say we're sacred. Absolutely. And that's why in Genesis 9, 6, it says, Whoever sheds man's blood by his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he created man. And thirdly, see, we have a choice. Everybody say we have a choice. So, you chose to come to church today, and I'm so glad you did, and I hope that you're receiving something right now. It was a choice. You could have stayed at home. You could have gone to brunch. You could have gone, well, you wouldn't have gone golfing, I don't think, but but you could have gone snow machining. Maybe you could have, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Oh, I do believe that Sunday is the Lord's day, and I do believe being committed to going to church, and obviously you do too, otherwise you wouldn't be here. But you chose to come. You chose to be here. Choice, the freedom to choose, it's called the glory of man. God made mankind male and female with the freedom to choose. Why? God could have given us frontal lobotomies and we just have, we just worship God. We just worship God. It's the bride of Frankenstein. You just worship God because he made you worship God. But that's not love. Love always, always has a choice. Love. He made us to choose him or to not choose him. Has anybody chosen him besides me? Quite a few people. So we have choice. Fascinating. Three foundational truths as I put the wheels down and bring you some application here. The first thing is if you're made in God's image and you are, come on say, I'm made in God's image. And and I'm made in God's likeness. Go ahead and say it. I'm made in... Well, so so is every other human being. Red, yellow, black, white, polka dot, butterscotch. Everyone's made in God's image. You know what that means? That we must treat each other with dignity and respect. Everybody say people deserve dignity and respect. No matter, no matter who they are, people deserve dignity and respect because they're made in the image of God. In the image of God, man is made, mankind. you don't know what they did they still are made the worst sin that there could be is murder because you're destroying the image of god and man that would include abortion and there's really no place for racial or social prejudice we should not be prejudiced because everyone's made in god's image can i get a better amen in here and it does answer the question of capital punishment what are you saying that people are so... Listen, you can't run around killing people. That capital punishment, biblically, is approved. I know some of you are looking at me like, what did he just say? Capital punishment is a scriptural thing. The problem is, there's many problems, our justice system is flawed, and God forbid somebody would be sent for to receive the death penalty and not be guilty, and I'm sure that that has happened. Even though our flawed justice system is better than any other justice system in the earth, we need an overhaul. We need we need help. You say, why is this important, Pastor? Because you don't see yourself. Many people don't see themselves the way that God sees them. In today today, you could rape somebody and receive less time than for stealing. There's people today in certain cities across America where they've done these heinous crimes and they're just released to go do it again. Why? Because if you came from apes, it's not nearly as bad. He said, well, you're blowing that out a little bit. Am I? If you change your lens and how you look at it, you'll see that, that this is exactly the Antichrist agenda to get mankind to think less of himself so that you can, it's okay to euthanize someone who's older. You know, we had our members class yesterday and I was so blessed to have so many people in it. We went through the 16 fundamental truths of the foundations of our faith. And you can find that on the website. If you wanna find out about our doctrine, you can go to Kings, Alaska and go read through the, the, the fundamental truths, there's 16 of them. And one of those is sanctification. And at the sanctification section, I had everybody read that together because it's so powerful that sanctification is daily reckoning the life of Christ in your life and death to your flesh daily. But it also talks about the the power of of life and the, the sacredness of a human being. And a part of sanctification is marriage. We define marriage in that we had to because like in the days of Noah, so it is today. And so you can't become a formal member of this church, a voting, formal member of the church, and believe in same-sex marriage. It's against, it's against our religion. It's against our religion to believe that. So you will never have, I will never be doing one of those. Amen. And you can't be a formal member to vote if you don't believe that way and that's how we're able to get around that and there's tremendous pressure. And abortion is really the basis for opposing abortion. Mankind is sacred. I want you to say it again. Mankind is sacred. Many would say that viability is a criteria for life. No, what the criteria for life is every human being is made in the image of God, and they're of inestimable worth from conception to old age and death. And you cannot mess with that because you're made in the image of God. Somebody ought to shout or something. And from this text, we we, we must be good stewards. What do you mean? Well, he talks about nature, you know. Jesus talked about the lilies of the field. He talked about, about the sparrow that falls. He talks about the cattle as well. In Jonah chapter four, God's concerned about cattle. And you'll, you'll see in Proverbs that a man who's mean to animals is an evil man. If you ever see somebody that beats an animal, there's something seriously wrong with that person. God's concerned about our environment. But humans are more important than spotted owls. Just ask anybody from Oregon. And then they discover are you against spotted owls? I'm not against spotted owls. And I think we need to have good conservatory and take care of our environment. We're we're called to do that. We're tend to tend to keep it. But when an owl becomes more important than or someone's someone's lifestyle becomes more important than the baby. Let me say, it's my life, I can do what I want to. Let me just tell you something, honey. Let me just tell you, it is absolutely your life, and this is a biblical response. And I know I'm uh, getting a little gritty today. I didn't even start, we're about to start. I'm starting. Your life is your life. You can do what you want with your life until someone else's life is on the inside of you. And then you can't just take someone's life. And that is a Christian perspective. If you don't have that perspective, it's perhaps because you've not had a foundation block put in place that every single person is made in the image of God. Everyone. We're called to work. Everybody said, get a job. (laughs) We're called to work. Then he puts Adam there and he says, tend it and keep it, which is really one of the first indications that there's spiritual warfare. Tended to keep shamar is the word. You have to tend. You have to protect it. Protect it. Keep it. Watch out. We're called to be fruitful and multiply. And all of the married people said, Hallelujah. "Hallelujah." Amen. Called to be fruitful and multiply. I think that godly people ought to have children. I thought that godly people ought to have as many children as they like. Amen. Somebody said, "What about overpopulation?" <laughs> Because the overpopulation is based on a theory of a a closed system. That you only have so much land and you can only do so much farming. Of course, they're buying up all the farms and trying to get us to eat mosquitoes for steak. Where was I? And so that if you have too many people, it'll just overpopulate the earth and it'll it'll all go south. So we need population control. It's a terrifying thing, population control. Yeah, Hitler had population control. And it's a closed system, meaning God, I mean, you just think through the years, we get more yield out of an acre of ground now than we ever have before. Why? Better technology, so on and so forth. Well, praise the Lord. The true image of God is seen in Christ. Colossians 1 talks about that. Verse 15, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Anybody say firstborn? Okay, the first. How many of you are the oldest in your house? You're the firstborn. Okay, that's not what that means. Just because I had to I had a well-meaning person who was a part of a Christian cult try to argue to say that Jesus is the firstborn, but He's not He's not God. Now, the, the word there firstborn is the same word that's used in the Hebrew uh, uh, in the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures, it's the same word. And when Jacob was born, he was born second. Esau was first. Does anybody know the story? Esau was born first, then Jacob. Jacob was the firstborn. So firstborn doesn't mean you were born first in this context because how many of you know Jesus existed before time was? He's, he's the eternal one. He, he is God. Jesus is God. Would you say that? Jesus is God. And so firstborn is ruler over, is what that means. He's the ruler over Jacob, ruled over Esau. Jesus is a ruler over all of mankind. Can you say amen? I love verse 21. Once you were alienated from God, you were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, verse 22 of Colossians 1. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. To present you holy in his sight without blemish, free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Wow. Come on, somebody say, I've been reconciled. Satan wants to destroy the image of God and man. And here's where it gets a little gritty. Satan wants to destroy the image of God of man, and he does that a number of different ways. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4. the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Some of you run into somebody and they're like, yeah, I don't believe that. Why is that? Because they're blind. And the God of this age refers to Satan. He was Lucifer. He said, he said, I'll ascend to the sides of the north, and he was cast out to the earth. And he's became Satan. Satan is the god of this age. Satan is the father of lies. When he's, when he's speaking his li- language, he's lying. It's his native tongue. And what he comes to do is he's come to attack this generation, has been doing it for years, through the educational system to teach evolution and Darwinism. Why? So that you don't see yourself the way that God sees you. So that you don't identify with someone who is made in the image of God, but you come from the primordial slime or a complex set of uh, reactions. And now you're this highest evolution from an ape. It's not true. You're made in the image of God and God knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Even if, even if they told you you were in an accident, God knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And Satan wants to destroy that foundational stone, that block. I'm giving it to you. Why would I do that? So you go home and you teach your kids, you teach your grandkids, you, you learn it, meditate on it, chew on it. Get it deep down in you. You come from heaven. And if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you die, you go back there. But you didn't come from an ape. You're not a primate. You're a human being made in the image of God. So why is that important? Because Satan wants to destroy the image of God in man. And this very thing, listen closely, here's the grit. This is the very root to gender dysphoria and transgenderism. So how do you figure that? Simple. You are made either male or female. And, and let, me, let me read you these definitions. This comes off of the, the web, so you gotta watch out for what you, you, know, you read here. Gender dysphoria is you may feel... Certain that your gender identity conflicts with your biological sex. Comfortable only when your gender role or your preferred gender identity may include non-binary. A strong desire to hide or rid physical signs of your biological sex. There is a confusion that you, though you're clearly a male, we won't get into all of that, but every cell in your body says you're male or female. And then when you're a male, you identify more with being a female, that's a gender dysphoria, or you're a female and then you identify more with being a a male as a female. That's called gender dysphoria. Transsexualism, let me me give you this, transgender, pardon me. Transgender is an umbrella term used for persons whose gender identity, gender expression or behavior, listen close does not conform to that typically associated with the sex to which they were assigned at birth. Assigned. You see, so when you remove mankind from being made in God's image, then he's just really whatever he wants to be. So why is that important to know? Because you are not whoever you want to be. You are either male. Or a female. What about all these feelings and emotions I have? You need healing. You need healing. And we don't shame anybody. We have people that have come out of lifestyles and, and come out of confusion and we don't shame anybody here. That's not what we do. That, that's, not, that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is to love people. But at the same time I'm going to say the truth. No, I'm never going back to that church. It? It's between you and the Lord. I hope you keep coming back. I'm going to keep preaching the truth. And we need to teach our children. There is a, a, a rampant evil being released in our schools. Where well, your kids are being taught this if they go to the public school system. And in Alaska, it's not as bad as some other states, but I'm going to tell you, having talked with people at the highest levels of education, Department of Education, so on and so forth, this comes every week nearly to hunt down and knock down the door to teach kids to have, you know, the, 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 the queer story hour and all of that. I am not a hater. Every single person is made in the image of God. Homosexual, homosexual lifestyle, transgenderism, all of that. We love everybody. And clearly, they are destroying lives. And I've spoken with and read articles about people who've changed their sex because they didn't identify with their assigned sex, which actually was assigned by God. So, but if you don't believe God, then it's assigned by God. Somebody's opinion about what that is? And you talk to them who've gone through these surgeries and you read these articles, they are the most hurting, grieving, broken people in the end. A year later, two years later, they're like, I don't know why I did that. I'm in constant pain. I have no pleasure at all. I feel like I've been robbed. And then the money... The money behind it, driving to get people. Come on, you're made in God's image. You're made either a male or a female. You say, Pastor, you're irritating me. Good. I want to irritate you to being whole. I want to I push you to being healed. I want to push you to being free. I want you to walk in your God-given, blood-bought identity, not some lie that some perverted person put together to try to confuse you. Can I preach in here? Let me tell you how this worked out in my family. You're like, what? Oh, yeah. And it might happen in your family, too. I was so, years ago, as many years ago, I was putting up my final cord of wood. I had to put up seven cords of wood, living in a cabin, trying to save money to buy a house and get out of debt, and God did all of that, hallelujah. And I'm putting up the cords of wood, and I hear, hi, Dad and I turn around and I see my daughter. Nope, wait, it's not my daughter, it's my son. And Daniel, who's a strapping young 20-year-old, is standing there, full dress, lipstick, hat, the works. Just dressed to the nines, high heels, everything. And when he saw me, his, he was so filled with joy. Hey, Dad. And when he saw me, his face fell. And I had to curb what, was, what I was really feeling. I was very upset. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I don't know, Hannah did it. <laughs> I'm like, Hannah's my daughter. I don't know, Hannah did it. I'm like, okay, never do that. Never dress like a woman ever again. Do you understand me? Yes, Dad, I said, go change and don't ever do it again. And then I spoke to Hannah, I said, don't ever do that to my son. And you're not dressing like a boy either. You're a woman, he's a, he, he will be a man, and that's how that is. Do you know that that conversation doesn't happen in many homes? So when a young man starts acting effeminate, it's allowed. We might be shrinking the church this morning. But I'm going to stand before God for how I've preached to you. And I'm. This is, listen, I, I, I am not a psychologist. I'm a pastor. I study God's word. I see we are made in God's image. And if people can destroy that, then you can make whatever image you'd like to. And that's not biblical. That's not right. That's not God. What do you do? Tell the truth. Listen, if you're, if you're confused and you're drawn to same-sex attraction and stuff, You can get healed of that. It's been outlawed in California. It's called reparative therapy. They don't even allow it anymore. Why? Because they're destroying. It's an antichrist agenda to destroy mankind. Can you say oh me or oh my or something? It really is the root of gender dysphoria and transgenderism and I'm sure that there's much more to it, but I know that that's true. You need, masculinity is imparted. You know, a little boy needs a man to tell him after he falls on the ground. He falls on the ground, needs a a man, a father figure. It doesn't necessarily have to be a father. There's such absentee fathers around. But you you need someone. I mean, my father wasn't there entirely for me. I got fathered by Dr. Morocco in my 20s. It was a painful process. (laughs) But you need a man when he falls on the ground, you'd be like, Oh, and he's crying. Oh, look! Did you hurt? Did you dent the ground? Is that ground dented? Let me see that. Did you ruin the floor? Oh no, it's okay. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, shake it off, son. Shake it off. You know, a little pat on the back. Let's go. You can do it. It's not that bad. He's like, okay. Otherwise, you're gonna make a sissy. If Karen's not here, I just got myself in trouble. You don't want, you, 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 you want to empower men and empower women to live as God has created them. It's not a choice. I'm not feeling the love. I'll be right back. Amen, pastor. Woo, hallelujah, preach. All right. Again, if you don't find us on Facebook, and YouTube, go to kingsalaska.com. All right, God's desire for us, worship team, would you come and relieve us of the pain that everybody's in right now? <laughs> God's desire for us is to be conformed into the likeness of His Son. You know, let me, I gotta I got got just say this. You pray for me, I, uh, I can be flip. I can say things flippantly and maybe be insensitive at times. And I in no way wanna repel or reject anybody. I know what Jesus has set me free from. I know what he's set many of you free from. And my heart, the heart's cry of God is that people would be delivered from destruction. And, and transgenderism destroys lives. And if, any, if everybody was to do that, we would have no people in the earth population would decrease and would no longer exist. You say, well, they can do what they want to. Yes, they can. They can do what they want to. That's true. But for the love of God, would you please hold the word of God out in your own family and in your life and, and, and take notes and study and know that you can, you can lovingly offer solutions. Do you hear my heart? Lord, forgive me if I've stepped out of bounds in any way. In Romans chapter eight and verse 29, it says, "'Those God foreknew, he also predestined "'to be conformed to the image of his Son.'" That is the highest call, is to be conformed into the image of Christ. You, becoming more like Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter two, verse 21, it says Christ also suffered for you. This is the RSV version, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. The word "example" is a Greek word for tracing the letters of the Greek alphabet from alpha to omega. Were to so. Put the word of God in our hearts and in our minds. that it's like, did anybody ever do tracing work for the alphabet? Maybe script, learn to script. I don't even think they do that anymore. We're to so see Christ as an example of the way that we're to live so that we change. Did you catch that? God wants to transform you, transform me. Life of Jesus is a life of suffering, yes, a life of victory, but there is suffering in life, but God will turn it for good. Transformation, let me give this to you and we'll, we'll close. Definition of transformation biblically, an inward renewal and a reshaping of the mind through which a Christian's inner person is changed into the likeness of Christ. I'm gonna say it again. Transformation is the inner renewal, the reshaping of your mind, the reshaping of your what? Your mind, the way that you think. Through which a Christian's inner person is changed into the likeness of Christ. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans twelve two. As you progress in your Christianity, as you grow in Christ, your mind ought to be transformed by truth, which is what I'm endeavoring to preach to you, as uncomfortable as it might be for some. You must change the way you think so we don't lose our nation. Maybe we have lost our nation, but there's an awakening. Come on, somebody say there's an awakening. Did you get something from God? Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Father, thank you for your word. Lamp into a feed light upon our path. Thank you for truth, which I endeavored to preach. I pray for those online, those here in this place that are struggling with confusion, gender dysphoria. I pray that you would deliver and set them free from the bondage of that torment and a lifestyle of pain. I pray that you'd intervene. I pray for each and every person that's that's struggling in their mind, fighting that fight. Don't ever stop fighting. Everybody say, don't stop fighting. Don't stop fighting. You fight against lust. You fight against greed. You fight against the works of the flesh. You fight against that stuff. And you get transformed by the renewing of your mind. You learn the word. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, Romans 12, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why we have all these classes in between our two services. 8 a.m., then at 9.30, there's a whole bunch of classes. You can get into those and then roll on into the 11 o'clock service. That's why we have so many services. Why? So that you hear the word, you grow in God. Read your Bible, read the word, come to morning prayer, transform your life. And if you will transform your life, your family will be transformed. If your family gets transformed, then other families get transformed and we can transform our culture. Can you say amen? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com. And may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.